So I went to uh, Ronaldstown High School. Absolutely terrified because people, again, as I kept referring, just giants to me. Anyway, the first year of school, like, I was sort of kind of, um, people wanted to your opinions about me, they labeled me, they uh, got that bullied because I looked different in height. And I, I, got, I got through it, I got through it. But on, um, and at this time, I still going through the church for Brian, was a member of, and was still taking me to. So, um, on first year, second year, third year, of, um, I was getting settled in the school because everybody knew who it was, so it was Alec or Alison and them days. Um, oh, you know, knew who it was, so it's not you know, never worry, you know, don't be used to, you'll be used to, you know, the height and stuff. And that was fine. And um, third year, I was um, babysitting with my one of the two friends that I uh, was friends with at that time, and um, the girl um, was babysitting for a neighbour, and uh, she um, would have babysat on Friday night or Saturday night, but in the, as um, and then they used to have a 50p in the middle the microphone. So the people that um, she was uh, babysitting for, obviously they were like, socialising, drinking and stuff, but forgot about 50p in the middle. So at that time it got dark. And it's, it's like when you think when you, you, know, when you send your children to Sunday school and Bible class and you think that it doesn't, it doesn't go in, it does go in. Because as soon as the light went out that night, we were in pitch darkness. They had, um, they had no open fire, they had an electric fire. And obviously, you had the money for that to get the electric going. But what came into my head there and then was hell. Because hell is a dark, dark place. And I didn't want to go there. Because I learned from going to church. I was absolutely terrified. I said to the two girls, this is what hell's going to be like. Are we going to, you know, if we don't see it, we're going to go there. And uh, I was really concerned about my salvation at that time. So I went home and the next night I got down on my knees and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart and to save me because I didn't I did not want to go there. I was absolutely terrified if I was going to go there. I wanted to go to heaven. But, um, so, anyway, back in school, told the people at uh, school that was at, towards the end, that, uh, that I could see it. Obviously, they laughed. I right. You're good living. You're good living. You're good living. I just know I'm a Christian saved for grace. And, um, it's hard because you, when you stand for the Lord in your life and people walk in, yeah, they do and they will and they'll continue to do it. But when you when you when the Lord tells you you're his and they'll keep you through the good times and the bad times and they did. And even when you were isolated and you know, because nobody wants to know you and um, the third year, you know, once you confess and told the Lord about them. The Lord Jesus accepted me. I didn't regret that. I didn't regret that because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to go to a place where full of darkness and whatever sin you were doing at that time will continue for you at that time. But anyway, I stood my ground and the Lord helped me to get through it. 
So, um, because of the saved, I believe I had a baptized. And I did, I got baptized um, in the church, the main house at the time on that. And it says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5, if you love the Lord, there's one Lord, one baptism, and one faith. And I, I wanted to do what Jesus did. I wanted to go right down under, fully immersed, and come up like he did. Because that's what the sample that he showed us to do as believers. And I wanted to do that. So I did that. I got baptized. And I, I was, I really wanted to do that. I kept turning, I kept attending to church, um, no matter, still, still getting your opinions about being a good living person. I was a good living person. I couldn't be good living. How could I be good living? I think you're not perfect. Look at me. I would have said to them, because the fashion, the fashion is the Lord Jesus Christ who died in the cross with no sin in his life. But he took that. Christ for me and for everybody that comes to this world. So, anyway, I finished school. School was coming up to an end fifth year. And I started my first year to go to school. I did not want to finish school this year because I was in my bubble. Everybody knew who I was. Everybody knew it was me. Everybody said it was Alison. She's a fifth year. So I was in the bubble and I didn't want that bubble to burst because I felt secure. So I went to the big world that I would have to start over again and get people to label me, shout things at me, laugh at me, mock me, whatever they wanted to do. So I did not want to go to leave school, but I moved on. I had to. Christopher let us in. One reason up in this world to be very So my older sister Linda got me a job in the factory that she was working in. I was on old lady, so I was always grateful for that. So she helped to get me a job there. And I was going, I was going there, and I was working with, but met new friends there too. Got a bit sick, but I met new friends as well. Anyway, time and all my friends were in relationships. The people in church were in relationships, but Ali wasn't in relationships. So this kind of got the better of me. See, when you do something for the Lord, the devil doesn't like it because he doesn't want you to be happy. Well, this was an opportunity to it in my house, in my age. So I didn't want to be, I wanted to be like the girls, my friends, my boyfriends, and my church friends, and partners, and Ali just didn't have anybody. So that, that place that on my mind for a long time, and you know, God loves you, why wouldn't he give you something in your life? Why wouldn't you know, just go on and I, I held on to that thought, which I shouldn't have done, but I did. And then as time went on, I hate being me. I don't want to be me. I don't like being me. I want out of here. I don't care why am I made and a family of seven children. Why me? Felt sorry for myself. Cried. <coughs> don't want to be here. So one day, I don't know if Beth knows this, but one day I decided, right, this is it, I've had enough. I hate people talking about me, I hate people calling me names, never ending, label me, you know, whatever. I had enough. So, in the kitchen, 
no more hot tablets, taking cupboards, taking places. So I find them. I have four sets of tablets laid up in the room. And I said, I fear the God that you tell me you are. I pray you don't answer my prayers. Pray you don't allow me to have a relationship yeah. with everybody else and only Christians too. So I got really angry with him, with the loss. I really was angry with God because I knew that he, he can and he will and he still does. But at that time, I didn't know. I trusted him, but I didn't know that he could still do the things that we can do. He does do. So the tablets were laid up, and I thought, right, why? I have had enough. Why? Why? Why me? Sorry, me. Yeah, I was feeling. So I started taking the tablets. And then I just stopped. And uh, I said, you know, our father was never around, didn't want to know us, didn't care about us. So the earthly father didn't care. I thought, well, the heavenly father definitely doesn't, because nothing's moving, nothing's happened. So I started taking more. And the next one, no flash of lightning, no big boom of a bag or anything. All I heard was, I'm your heavenly father. And I care. And I love you. For you. And I went back. So I just started picking. And I said, Lord, God, that's you talking to me. Say it again. And all I could hear in a voice, as I say, no bag, no flash, no these things, was. I love you and I care for you. So I cried my heart out and I said, Lord, you got to show me this because I'm lonely. I'm feeling lonely. I feel it really hard at times, you know, to keep going on in life. So I cried my heart out that night and the Lord did. He just the desire to tell us, and the one desire to, I thought, right, I'll give it another go. So, in the factory, I was working away, I went on ahead back, you know, it was a packer in the factory, and all the bits at that time. And uh, four years have passed when this had happened. And I thought, right, well, I'll keep trying, well, I'll keep praying, well, I'll keep trying, well, I'll keep praying. He told me you're going to be with me, you're going to ask some prayers. And do you know what I love about the Lord? Four years, it's a long time, probably, probably 40 years, but it was four years or so. There was a man who came into the factory, and he sat here. And his name is the Lord with Alistair, my So, when the Lord rewards you and does things, he gives you more than what he asked for. Now, as you know, I'm not the tall person. I feel it's done this still now at a minute, but I... The Lord gave me a four foot one, not here. And the Lord gave me a six foot one, man. <laughs> and he gives you more than what he asked for. You know, when you trust and pray, and he goes, 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 and he
So we got married three years, three years, three and a half years ago, Michael. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, so we were in the and then um, we were blessed with each other. I didn't know, I'll be honest, I don't have much here tonight. Um, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to have children because I was terrified. Number one is in London, being selfish is in London, so what I was going through, I didn't want them to be like that. But it, Anyway, I had Arn, we had Arn, and um, we had him first, and then we have Hannah, and, um, and the Lord just brought us right through, just brought us, has burned, from that night, I was going to suicide, he has burned us signs, he promised us, promised us, so true. So, Hannah and um, Arn were sent to Sunday school, Bible class. Um, very brother and Lord at that time, Derek Thompson, he's in glory now, and we're going to, we're coming there, and um, they both got baptised, they both got saved when they were younger and they got baptised, and uh, that was a real answer to prayer and glory to God to do for that, so like So, but before, um, as they were getting up, I'm going to share something. I wasn't sure to share this, but I'm going to share it because I can't get out of my head. And the place that we lived on before we came to move to the range, young people took it upon themselves to feel their pains again, that want people like us and this one. We shouldn't be here, myself and my daughter. We should have been born. People like us should be on this earth. So the Lord gives you grace and He hardens your heart. You know, because I'm so used to people calling me what they thought that they thought that they should call me. So we let it go. <coughs> and we let it go. And then it was getting a wee bit more personal. So the day that two young boys delivered 15, 16, they call themselves. A house with a crossbow. <clears throat> and obviously Mark being the father, the family and the husband of the family took it really hard. And uh, we called the police. One of the mothers one of the sons the mother of the son wanted to beg us, beg us not to get the police, beg us because she had a problem. And uh, she was come back to live in Tenerife with a heap of to do with. But she begged us and begged us. And I thought, you know, Lord, people turn their back on you and mocking you. And I have to do that too. So the police came, took statements, we took it no further. So in 2006, that was March, is right, I have enough. And we're going to get a house for Mary. So we come up to the Grange and this is where we're at. And we've been here 16 years coming. So, you know, you have a testimony and you're like, I'm not perfect. I'm not mistaken. I'm short of kindness because that's what the Lord tells us to do. And thankfully, He does and He does and He will. <coughs> but when we came to the Grange, 
Ed will represent a traveler sent here tonight. Hey, Trip.
She never took that step until um, that night, that uh, 26th of January 2017, at uh, quarter past seven, my brother, sorry, I have a brother in the state of the court and as well. Um, my brother and my sister, yeah, was in love with her. And we all had to take turns of getting uh, seen her for five minutes then, you know, because it's too much for, for so many of us. So she, should, she wanted to come to see Jesus. And uh, so my brother Martin uh, told her, went through with her, and she surrounded her to that was at quarter past seven. At quarter past nine, Mom left this earth. She died, but she lived. She died, but she lived. And that was, she was, her life was free. Her pains and everything. And I just want to tell you, I've left a lot of things out. You know, if you want to ask the questions, that's fine to you. When the devil tells you, and he does, I don't care what it is, but he does. So there's two people fighting for you in this world. It's the Lord and it's the devil. And whoever you are going to choose, that's where you're going to go. You're going to be saved, you're going home, and it's glory to heaven. I'm not taking people to by the way. I call it a record. She doesn't have a job. Anyway, so. That was a sad time, but it was a good, that was, you know, we know that she's safe, she's happy, she's from the world, saying, and coming to see her again, and I won't see her again. Well, I'll leave that and I'll run around tonight. I've been trying to take in, and we all take in turns going to see a in hospital, because um, um, I was a great student in the town, and I believe it or not. And um, there was a man called Mervyn Lowry. Mervyn loved the drink. He did not hold. He was an alcoholic. He would tell you, I told me that myself. But I was terrified. Of because um, he waved you down and he went, you know, gives a lift. So I thought, you know, Lord, you told us to reach out to whoever. The man grace it to the man in the hole, the trousers, the jumper. Who are we to Who am I to touch? So Mervyn, new mum, knew of her and stuff like that there. So I got chances, you know, Mervyn, mum's not well. And, you know, just pray that she'll be saved. <coughs> And I pray that you will too. And there's myself and another lady that lives in the grave, but I've given my left and what this doing as, as well at that time. So when Molly, Molly died and um, passed on, Mervyn was out, you know, because I left, because I left. So I asked God to be and I took an opportunity and I said, Mervyn, you know, Molly is saved. Yeah, her, 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 her. I said, she's saved. She's now in glory with the Lord. I says, what about you? Oh, she's a good woman, good woman, they're not talking about good woman, good woman. I said, Mervyn, time short. I said, the Lord was gracious. I said, we prayed for a long time, and she repented for, you know, for sin and got saved. 
And he says, what have you do? Oh, I'm all right, sure, I'll get me back on the end, all right, I'll be all right. I said, well, the thief on the cross, oh, he was too late, and he took, he surrendered his life, and the other one went to hell, because he didn't repent. And I said, well, please, I said, please, you know, the Lord will help you through your, your problem, your whatever addiction you have in life. And sadly, a few months later, Reverend got knocked down. I don't know. I can't judge. Only the Lord knows if he did repent. But life is short. You don't know what day means. You're here today and gone tomorrow. But I know the Lord, and I love the Lord. I'm not perfect. I'll never give up, and he'll never give up on me, thankfully. He'll help me. I've made mistakes, and the Lord knows that. And I just want to share with you, I just want to say this wee thing here. I just want to tell you that I am a nobody that's trying to tell you about everybody. Oh, I want to try to tell everybody all about somebody who saved me, saved the soul. And who knows me for me? And you can have that same person too. If you. And I hope one day that you shall here tonight and see everybody is in heaven. But you still salvation. And in Romans 8 and verse 22, and we know all things God works for the, the good of those who trust in Him. So, from being a total Christian for 15 months, I have to go back and be small. But you know, good thing, you still love me for who I am. Well, let me say thank you to Ali for sharing her life story with us this evening. Ali, you're just Ali, even in the pulpit. <laughs> you're just the same. And um, uh, I don't think I'll start saying hello to everybody as well. Um, but it's great uh, to listen to Ali's story, what Christ has done in her life and how she's walking with the Lord. I want to tell you something here in our fellowship. We love Ali the best because she works so hard for the Lord. And um, she often says we're a team together working for the Lord. And she's absolutely right. We're a little fellowship here and we're working together hard for the Lord and that is part of that and um, how wonderful to hear her story. I just want to take a few moments this evening as we finish. I want to read you a few verses from the book of Acts and chapter 26. You see, there's a man who was called Paul and Paul, he had been imprisoned uh, for reasons that he shouldn't have been. And Paul, he was brought before a governor and before a king called King Agrippa. And the governor's name was Festus, and there was King Agrippa as well. And Paul stood and he told his life story. We sat, we sat here tonight, and we listened to Ali's story. We listened to Ali speak about how the Lord Jesus Christ turned her life around. And earlier when she said, she said this, she spoke about the darkness that night when the lights went out in that house. And you know, Paul, 
when he was saved, he spoke about a light as well in his life. You see, God met him on the road to Damascus, on his way to persecute Christians. Paul was a man who hated Christians. And he was on his way this day to bring more Christians into prison, to persecute them, and to execute them. But Paul here, he was telling his story of how the Lord saved him that day. He met him on the road to Damascus. And there's two responses that we find. We only have a few minutes left in our meeting, and I'm not going to take a little time. But as you've listened to Ali's story this evening, and as you hear the gospel message, let me tell you something about the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ, he went to the cross of Calvary for you. And he took the punishment for your sins. And I want to tell you that the gospel is something that's designed for all. You know, Paul says in verse 22 of Acts chapter 26, when he's speaking there, he says, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue to this day witnessing to both small and great. We're witnessing, he says, to both small and great. I want to tell you something about the gospel of my Saviour and Ali's Saviour. There's no dividing line. And there's no discrimination. It's for small and for great. There's no discrimination with God. All have offended him. You and I, we are sinners. And each one of us have offended him. I'm sure no one listening can say that they've always been truthful. You can't doubt say that you've never maybe had a hateful thought towards someone. Maybe we can't all say that we've always been honest. Not one of us is perfect. Ali spoke about that as well. We've all offended our perfect and holy God. We've all sinned. The Bible tells us that. The truth is, just as a crime needs punished in our justice system, there's a punishment awaiting those who reject the message of the Bible. But God has made a way for you to be saved, just like he saved Ellen. The gospel message is designed for all. The Lord Jesus Christ died for all. He died for grief. He died for small. I don't know what you think about yourself this evening. But let me tell you, I spoke about how the Lord spoke to her. Let me tell you, in the authority of God's word tonight, God loves you. And he gave us something for you. And the gospel message is for great and small. He died for the rich, he died for the poor. He died for the young, he died for the old. The Lord Jesus, he died for you and he loves you. It's a message that's designed for all. It's for you, you're included. It's a message that applies to all the gospel message. You know, it applies to you. For in verse 23, Paul, as he testified, he says that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. You know, if you cast your mind's eye to the cross of Calvary and see the Lord Jesus hanging there in your place, you can see his blood flow and his back is torn apart by the whip. And the wrath of God, our holy God is poured upon his Son in order that you and I might walk free. Yet people still reject the gospel message. The Lord Jesus died the death that you deserved and he took your place in my place. There was a price paid for every sin that you and I would ever commit. And blood was shed by the Saviour for you and his death applies to you. It was designed for all and it applies to you. He was crucified for you. But let me tell you the salvation that Ali spoke about this evening. It's offered to you. 
It's offered to you. The Lord Jesus didn't try to die on the cross for some people. He died on the cross for all, for you. And God's word says, and God now commandeth, commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Why do you think the gospel is proclaimed clearly in this place every Sunday evening in many places around our country? Because it's a life-transforming message. And it can turn your life around. And this evening you've heard Ali's story, and I trust that you will heed the message. I trust that you'll stop and you'll consider that the Lord Jesus Christ can change your life around too. God's word makes it so clear. It says that God commanded his love towards us in the world where yet sinners Christ died for us. It says, for whosoever, that means you, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved tonight. And the Bible tells us what we can be saved from, because it says, But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, fear the Lord, which after he has killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. The Lord Jesus says to you tonight, Come, you must come. He bids you to repent, and you must repent of your sin. He bids you to wash and be clean. You must wash and be clean. He bids you to forsake the old ways of sin. To forsake the ways that you've been living and turn to him. I wonder do you heed the gospel message and I wonder do you pay attention. Well I want you to see the two responses after Paul gave his testimony. There was Festa. And in verse 25, Festus after listening to Paul's story said, or verse 24 excuse me, it says, and as he thus speak for himself, as Paul spoke for himself and gave his testimony, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, power beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. You know, Festus rejected the gospel message. And this evening at the close of this meeting, you've heard of his story. You've heard that Christ has died for you. You've heard that he's paid the price for your sin so that you don't have to face this lost eternity, so you don't have to face hell. You can know that you're on your way to heaven. You can have assurance tonight. And yet Festus, after listening to Paul's testimony, says, You're mad. Dear friend, don't consider the gospel message mad. And don't consider the strange. It's the truth. And I love to share. But the truth is, if you neglect God's salvation, then my Bible tells me you're indeed on your way to a lost eternity. But the Lord Jesus has said, that doesn't have to be the way, because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Festus rejected the message. My prayer is that you won't reject the gospel tonight. The Lord can save you, but what about can you pray for? What about King Agrippa? For King Agrippa stood and listened to Paul's message, and in verse 28, this is how he responded. He said this, and I think this is very sad. He said, Almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. And I know there's some. As you've listened to the story tonight, you've shared it here. 
And I know there's some who have sat in this building many, many times and listened to many faithful preachers stand and share the gospel message of Christ. And you've shed a tear. And the Spirit of God might have been working in your heart, but you've walked out the doors. And you're just like Festus and you rejected the message. And maybe you've sat a bit like Agrippa and you've been almost persuaded, but you've never come through. Well, tonight we pray that you won't be like King Agrippa. If the Lord is moving to your heart tonight, accept your sinner. Pause before him. Thank him for taking your place at the cross of Calvary and paying the price for your sin. So that you don't have to face this lost eternity. So that you can be in heaven with him forever one day. But also that you don't get this friend that's sticking closer than a brother in this life. Ali has spoken about the tough times. How times haven't always been easy. But she was so able to say that the Lord was always with her. And the Lord was good to you. That's a great testimony. And that can be yours too. And if the Lord's speaking to you the same thing, let me share this verse that's found in the book of Hebrews with you. It says this, Today if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. If God's been speaking to you this evening, don't harden your heart. I've given this illustration here before. But I want to share it this evening as we close. I heard a story about three university students who were sharing a student house. And one of the students had a placement in VT in Belfast. He would have to get up early in the morning and he would set his alarm. And as the story goes, the alarm would sound and he would hit the snooze button. It would go again and he would hit the snooze button again and it continued again and again and again. Until he was too deep. His opportunities ran out and he would be late for work. Let me ask you, how many times will you hit the spiritual snooze button on God? How many times must the Spirit of God work in your heart? Maybe someday it will become to you. The Bible says today, not tomorrow, not next week. Not at the end of your life, this is today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't be like Festus and reject the message this evening. Don't be like King Agrippa and be almost persuaded. If God is speaking to you, commit your life to him. I can tell you, not only Ali will testify to this, but many people around this room who are saved and have known the grace of God in their life. They could come up here and tell you tonight, it's the best decision they ever made. There's a hymn, and we're going to sing it as we close. It says, almost persuaded, harvest is past, almost persuaded. Doom comes at last, almost to not appeal, almost is but to kneel, sad, sad, the better wheel, almost the Lord's. You can have the Savior this evening. You can have peace with God. You can have pardon from sin. 
and you can have a Savior that's with you for this life and through all eternity. I pray tonight that if you're in this place and you've listened to all these testimony and heard this, if you don't know Christ as Savior, why not just take a moment now? Place your trust in Him.